Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Study, Apply, Thrive podcast. I'm Vita Cash, the co-pastor and director of women's ministry at Flow Church. The teaching that you're about to hear will help you study and apply the word of God to your life so that you can thrive in every area of life. So go ahead and grab your Bible, your electronic device, your notebook, your journal, your pen, your tea, your coffee, your lemonade, your iced tea, whatever it is that you need to grab, and let's dive into the word of God. So last week, I started off our podcast by attempting to sing, and I will not do that to you today. I've already proven that I have not been gifted with a voice for singing, but maybe in the shower, maybe in my closet, maybe by myself, but not for the world. I'll stick to teaching and telling a couple little corny jokes, but we are still talking about fighting, and I hope that over the last couple weeks, you've developed a fighter's mentality, and you're working on your endurance and everything that you need to fight There are some things in your life that are absolutely worth fighting for, and I want to coach you through that. I want to be able to help you to study the Word of God and apply it so that you can thrive in whatever you're fighting in. Um, A couple weeks ago, I asked you to make a list of things in your life that were worth fighting for, and I hope you made that list and that you're looking at it on a daily basis. And of course, because things happen the way that they happen, I have found myself in a couple of unexpected fights um, that I did not see coming, just totally came out of left field. But because the Word of God is always on time, it's always applicable, it's always what we need, I was able to stand up to those attacks and win because that's the promise that God has given given us. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. So I hope you have your fighting attitude today. Um, You know, you just got to be ready just to get in there and fight for what God said you could have. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. And we said this before, and you can write this down. You can tweet this, make an Instagram photo out of it. Any fight that's a good fight is a fight that you win. You've never had anybody lose a fight and say it was a good fight. What they will say was the winner fought a good fight. Or, you know, he, he put up a really good fight and or the other team, they just beat us tonight. They put up a really good game. But the winner never says it's a good fight for them. They say that it's a good fight for the, the loser. I'm sorry. Never says it's a good fight for them. They say it's a good fight for whoever won. But God has given you and I a promise that we have the ability to fight and win. And so we have to be willing to fight. We have to be willing to go after what we want. We cannot sit on the sidelines and say, well, if it's the will of God for this to happen, it's going to automatically happen for me. Everything that God said you could have, every faith confession that you've already shared with someone, every conversation that you've had, the enemy, your enemy, we're going to talk about who you're really fighting against tonight or today or this afternoon, uh, is listening to all of your conversations and they want to intercept your ability to get to the finish line quickly. Just like when Jesus was in the garden and just like when Jesus was fasting, the enemy showed up and tried to tempt him to do something other than what God wanted him to do. He was at his weakest point and that's usually when the enemy shows up, the strongest is when we at when we are at our weakest point and he wanted to tempt Jesus. Even Jesus himself had to fight. He had to fight through 
everything was present that was presented to him, even though he knew when he came what his assignment was. His assignment was to seek and to save the lost. His assignment was to give us life and life more abundantly because the enemy's job was to still kill and destroy. But he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. But it was not a walk in the park for Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of God. He's the savior. He's the anointed one in his anointing. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he had to fight to continue and finish his ministry assignment. Before he hung on the cross, he said, God, if there's any way that this cup could pass by me, please let that happen. But nonetheless, not my will, but thine will be done. It was even a fight for him to finish the assignment that he knew he came to the earth to do. And so I don't know why we think that because we're so cute or we're so anointed or we're so gifted or we can sing so good, or we could teach so good, or we're the the best mom or the best wife, or we make the best pie or the best fried chicken, or we're the best attorney or the best physician, or we went to the best school or whatever label we have put on ourselves. And we feel like those labels make us exempt from what the word of God says. The word of God says that we have to fight the good fight of faith. So there is a fight for you and there's a fight for me. And if you have that list and if you don't have it, make it now. You have to have a list in front of you at all times of what's worth fighting for because because there are going to be some days you is a fight to get out the bed on a morning that is kind of chilly, but your blankets are nice and warm and you laying next to your boo or you laying and you got the bed all to yourself and you all spread out. Sometimes it's a fight to even get up in the morning. And I'm not talking about because you're depressed or because you're ill, just because sometimes your bed feels so good and the snooze button is so convenient. Sometimes it's a fight to do that. Sometimes it's a fight to eat healthy when you already know all the research and you know what your pastors taught you and you know that you need to have so many vegetables a day and so many glasses of water, but the vegetables are there and the chips are there. And you feel like, well, I think the Lord put those chips in front of me for a reason. So I'm gonna go for the chips. Sometimes it's a fight to resist that lie and to go for the fruit or the vegetable that you should have. Sometimes it's a fight to do work. You're there at the office. You, you know what you should be doing, but you're like, I just want to chill. I don't feel like doing this right now. Sometimes it's a fight to read the word. Sometimes it's a fight to go out in the yard and play with your children. Sometimes it's a fight to listen to that corny joke one more time, but you have to be willing to fight for what you know God said you could have. So again, First Timothy chapter six says, fight the good fight of faith. That's verse 12. If you haven't been hanging out with us for the last couple of weeks, and if this is your first time with us, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate that. But unfortunately, one of the reasons why we become ineffective in our fighting and ineffective in our ability to win against the enemy is because we have some misunderstandings of the word. And maybe not you. You might understand the word totally. You might be totally clear in the way on the word. This doesn't apply to you. And I'm not being sarcastic. There are some people who totally get it. But if you if you're listening and you say, I got it, I know why I should fight, don't stop listening. I want you to keep listening so you'll know how to minister to your sister because you might have a sister in Christ who doesn't know this and she needs this information. Um, and so I want you to understand that a misunderstanding of the word will not get you the result that you need when it comes to fighting. I'm going to give you an example using my baby girl. Um, I have a baby girl who's nine and some of you might be thinking nine-year-old isn't a baby, but I call my 17-year-old year old my baby as well. And they're going to be 38 
and 30, and I'm going to still call them babies. They're going to be 48 and 40. They're eight years apart. I'm going to still be calling them baby. They're going to have uh, spouses and children. Yeah, I'm going to still be calling them my babies. So I'm talking to about my baby baby, the, the younger one. Um, she is um, I'm helping her become a little bit more independent. And so she wanted to make cookies the other day. She said, mommy, can I make some cookies? I said, sure. And we didn't have the time to make cookies from scratch. So I purchased a little envelope packet of cookies from the grocery store. She just had to add a couple ingredients to it. I helped her get all her things out, her mixing bowl, her uh, spoon, the butter that was softened and, and all that good stuff. And I put all the ingredients out for her. And she looked at the ingredients and she needed a half a stick of butter, which was, I'm sorry, a half a cup of butter, which equaled a stick of butter. But because she's nine, when she saw a half a cup, she instantly thought that that meant she needed to add a half a cup of some type of liquid. And because I was allowing her to be independent, I wasn't standing over her shoulder when she was making the cookies. So she added that the stick of butter and then she added a half a cup of water. And the, the recipe did not call for any water at all. So as she's stirring the batter, I'm looking from the other side of the kitchen. I said, hmm, that batter looks awfully watery because cookie dough is usually dense and thick. So I come over, I look at it, and I said, um, what, what'd you do here, sweetie? Tell, tell mommy exactly how you did this. She said, I added the butter, and I added the egg, and I added this, and then I add the water. And I said, water? Let me take a look at this recipe. So, sweetie, you didn't need water. So she added in an, an ingredient that the recipe did not call for. And so even though she really, really, really wanted cookies and she really had a taste for cookies and she had all of the ingredients to make cookies, what we ended up with was something that we decided to call an original recipe from the Cash family called Cookie Cake. Because I told her, don't throw it out. It's too watery. It's not going to be cookies. Let's put the cookie sheet away. Let's pull out a baking pan. Let's spray the pan with some um, nonstick uh, spray. Put it in the oven and see what we get. Now, what we got was really tasty. It was a chocolate chip cookie cake. It was kind of the consistency of like a pound cake. It was really good. Try it. Um, but give her credit if you try it. Tag her in your Instagram if you try it. Um, it was really good. But it wasn't the result she was going for. And because we didn't have another package of cookie dough and because there was not time to make cookies from scratch, she had to settle for the end result that she created because she didn't properly read the instructions and she did not properly execute the recipe. And so many of us have a cookie cake in our lives where we have something that is not really the end result that we wanted because we misread the ingredients or we misread the recipe. And in this example, the recipe for us is the word of God. And we added ingredients or omitted ingredients, and that's adding faith activities or omitting faith activities that we should not have done because we didn't properly understand the word of God in its entirety. And so we thought that I could just take this one scripture in isolation and apply it to my life. Okay, why isn't anything happening? But we have to put it all together in totality and we have to um, do the beginning of the word, the end of the word and the middle of the word and put it all together. And so even though we enjoyed that cookie cake, that cookie cake was not a cookie. And so you might be enjoying a good friendship, but is that really the friendship that God called you to? You may be enjoying your job for right now, but is it really the job that you wanted? Is it the job that you and God had talked about? Is it the career that you had on your vision board? Is it the money that you really deserve to be making? Are you at the health condition that you need 
need to be? Or are you just better than you used to be? But being better than what you used to be is not being at where God would have you to be. And so we can't just settle for cookie cake. You can, you know, it's funny, cookie cake. You can't settle for cookie cake. You have to go for what you set out to have. And so if you happen to add an ingredient like my baby girl did that you don't need, don't just say, okay, I'm just going to settle for this. You use what you have. You don't throw everything out, but you don't stop striving. You go back to the store, you get another package of cookie dough, and you make another batch until you get it right. If you burn that batch, you go back, you get another bag and you keep fighting for what God said you could have. You don't settle. You don't limit yourself. You don't put yourself in a box. You never put God in a box. You just keep going and keep fighting and keep just having a tenacity and an endurance for what God said you could have. So here I'm going to give you two scriptures that sometimes we misquote or we misunderstand to make us think that we don't have to fight. And the first one is in Ephesians chapter one, verses two and four. It says, grace be to you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And let's focus on verse three. It says, blessed be God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now I've heard this ministered this way before, and I have even probably ministered this way before. We say, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings right now. That everything that we need from God, we already have it, that we already have everything. And so there's no need to fight because if we just believe hard enough, things will manifest in our lives. We just believe and pray. And if you can see me right now, I have my eyes closed real tight like a five-year-old on Christmas Eve and my hands together. And we just hold that posture and clap our hands together and shake real hard and rock back and forth and have a little moan and a hum to it and have our eyes closed really tight. If we just believe believe, 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 then we would just have whatever God says we can have. But you have to put this scripture together with the whole word of God. Now I'm going to add it. I'm going to put it together for you, but I'm going to read one more scripture for you. Second Corinthians chapter 20 and look at verse 17. It says, and you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand, set yourselves, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, with you. And so it says the first part of verse 17 says, and you shall not need to fight this battle. And I hear people say, God's going to fight my battles for me. I don't have to do anything. I just rest good at night. I just lay back. I just wait because God's going to fight my battles. But if you go back and read verse 17 again, it says, ye shall not need to fight this battle. So it doesn't say you don't have to fight any battle. It says you should not have to fight this battle. So when you couple this scripture without reading it properly and you couple Ephesians 1, you you have women saying, God's already blessed me with all spiritual blessings and I don't have to fight a battle. And so you have women sitting on the sideline believing that they're totally in faith, waiting for God to do something. And they're commanding the angels of God to go and do their bidding. And that's something biblical that we should be doing, charging the angels because they're all called to minister to us and they're called to obey our voice. But there's a part that we still need to do. And the weapons of our warfare is not rolling our necks and is not talking smart and it's not getting back and being malicious. It's 
our our position of war begins with prayer. It's fasting. It's reading the word. It's um, asking other people, inviting other people to be a part of your faith fight. It's being transparent with your circle of friends. That's why you should be a part of a study group and have a group of people that you're doing life together with. It's knowing who you are in God. It's being clear on your identity. It's being clear about who your enemy is. The Bible says that when you discover the thief, that he must repay. And so you're the thief or the enemy that you're fighting against is not a person, is not a system, is not a situation. It is absolutely the enemy. So when we go back to First Timothy, where it says, fight the good fight of faith, that's absolute. Is so there will be there will be seasons where you don't have to fight. God might say you might not have to fight in this battle, but that doesn't mean that you never have to fight. And so if there's something in your life that you've been believing for for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you're still waiting for God to fight that battle, God may be waiting for you, sweetie. He may be waiting for you to get into the fight and begin to use the weapons that he has given you to defeat the enemy. Just like Jesus had to resist the enemy, he had to resist temptation. Jesus had to put the enemy in his place. You as a woman of faith are going to have to open up your mouth and release your faith-filled confessions every day. You're going to have to ask God to encamp angels around you and your family every day. You're going to have to ask God because this is what we do. We live by by faith. It's like breathing for us. We don't go a day without breathing. We don't go more than a couple days without eating. Sometimes you may be fasting or something, but you don't have a lifestyle of not eating. You don't have a lifestyle of not drinking water. You don't have a lifestyle of not breathing. So you can't have a lifestyle that goes without prayer, without fasting, without strategic targeted uh, faith confessions, without enlisting your sisters to come and support you. That's who we are. And that's what we do. Now, Jesus had all power in his hands, but yet he still had to fight the enemy. So he had all power. He never sinned. He was perfect, but he had to fight. So surely that should be our clue or our indicator that it doesn't matter how anointed we are or how sweet we are or how kind we are and how we've never done anything to anybody and all that other good stuff. We still need to fight. We still need to fight we shouldn't give up because we have cookie cake. We should keep fighting until we get perfectly round, soft and gooey in the middle, crispy around the edges, cookies that we set that was in our heart to begin with. That was a vision that we had. That's what we set out to do from the beginning. And we shouldn't take the substitute and go, oh, well, this is the best God can do. No, God can do above our imagination. The Bible says exceeding abundantly above what we could even ask or think think. So anything that we think is the best, God said he can exceed that. And so we never settle for less than what we can think because God said that he can exceed our very thinking and our very imagination. And so I want you to fight and not settle and not ever think that you're exempt from the fight. You have got to get into the fight. Your husband cannot fight some battles for you. He can fight with you, but he can't fight for you. Your mom and your dad, they can fight with you, but they can't fight for you. Your pastor and first lady or your pastor and co-pastor, they cannot fight for you, but they can fight with you. Your sisters in Christ, they can fight with you, but they can't fight for you. So I need for you to get 
in the fight. Get in the fight, get in the fight, get in the fight. Now, you're going to have seasons of rest. You're not going to be fighting your whole life every day, in and out. You're not going to be fighting your whole life. God will give you seasons of rest. God will cover you. When the Bible talks about in the books of, um, in the book of Psalms, that he will hide you in his fortress and he will give you rest in his presence. That's because fighting gets tiring and he wants you to have rest. That's why we have a Sabbath, that he wants you to have rest on the Sabbath so that you can get geared up for whatever the week might bring to you. You should honor the Sabbath if you don't do that. And it's not a religious thing. It's just a smart thing. Praise the Lord. Okay. So look at Ephesians 6. Look at Ephesians 6. And this is, we're going to start talking about how you fight. Now, I want to make it very clear that you are fighting against your adversary, the devil. That is the person you're fighting. You're not fighting against your husband. You're not fighting against uh, your boss. You're not fighting against your children. It's not your teenagers who have a problem. And even if your teenagers are undisciplined or have some behavior issues, it's not them. It's the enemy using them to distract you from what God has called you to do or distract you from moving forward and what God has said. It's always the enemy using someone. It's not the person and it's not the thing. Fried chicken is not your enemy. Uh, chocolate cake is not your enemy. The traffic in the morning is not your enemy. The kind of car you have is not your enemy. It is the devil, your adversary, who is your enemy. Look at verse 10 of Ephesians 6. It says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And if you're a Bible scholar, that sounds really familiar. It sounds like Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter one, God says over and over to Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. This book of the law shall not depart out of that mouth, but y'all, but thy shall meditate in it day and night that thou may make thy way prosperous and have good success. So it says there in Joshua one and eight that you have the ability to make your way prosperous and you have the ability to have good success when you're strong and courageous. Why do you, why do you need to be strong? Why do you need to be courageous? Because there's a fight and because there's an enemy waiting to take you out because you're a threat to him and his kingdom. He is waiting. So here it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Verse 10, I'm sorry, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the plans or the um, attacks of the devil. So here it is saying that the enemy is going to be attacking you. There's something coming from the enemy. And what's going to protect you is your ability to be strong and courageous and for you to have on the full armor of God. It doesn't say go sit down. It doesn't doesn't say go hide. It doesn't say go pray. It doesn't say go fast. It says put on the full armor of God so that you can withstand. Verse, uh, it says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But at verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So again, it doesn't say for us to go retreat. It says stand and having done all to stand. And it says that we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. And in 2019, that's when we're recording this. You might be listening to it years later. The spiritual wickedness that happens in our in our society has become so 
just blatant that most people have become desensitized to it. The types of movies that are being put out for our children, the perversion of behavior and all of these things. And I'm not judging people, but I am measuring what I see against the word of God. It has become so commonplace that we may not even notice that spiritual wickedness. And so it would be easy for it to seep in around us and not necessarily in your home, but maybe in your environment. And you might not feel a need to stand up against it because you've become immune to, to the offense of it, or you've become immune to it even, uh, not lining up with the word of God because it has become so commonplace. And so you have to know what the word of God says and be willing to stand so that you can uh, be defended against the, the, all the tricks that the enemy wants to put up against you. Now, next week, tune in because we're going to go into detail about the armor of God, but I want to let you know Look at verse uh, 18, just jump down to verse 18 and we'll go through and look at verses 13 through 17 next week. It says, praying always with all power and supplication in the spirit and watching whereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So one of our biggest, biggest, biggest ways to fight is with our prayer and supplication. And it says pray all the time and pray for all saints. And so as you look at that list of things that you have written down that are worth fighting for, if you haven't prayed for those things in the last 48 hours, you're not in the fight. You have to pray until you see something happen. You got to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying until you see those things beginning to change and shift in your life. And then when they change and when they fully manifest, your prayer is a prayer of thanksgiving and celebration. Your prayer is a prayer of worship for God, for his faithfulness to your prayers that he has kept his promises, which he always does. Now, before we end for tonight, and again, thank you so much for listening today. I'm so blessed to spend this time with you. I want to give you a list of things that are not your problem. And I want to give you a list of things that are not your enemy. And if you're writing things down, if you're taking notes, I want you to make a list. Literally, these are not my enemy. Okay. Your boss, your supervisor, your husband, your children, your house, the weather, your weight, your height, your education level or lack thereof, your past, your parents, your family, your commute, your car, your appetite, your church, your pastor, your ministry leader, the system, whatever that is, however you define it, the government, your ex, chocolate cake, chips, ribs, fried chicken. None of these things are your enemy, not a single one of them. Now, these may be things that your true enemy, the devil, uses to distract you, but none of these things are your enemy. And we know that because Ephesians says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness. It doesn't say we wrestle against people or against food, against weather, against education, against status, against finances. None of those things are the issue. Those are things that the enemy uses to throw at you, to distract you, but those are not the issue. And so you have to be willing to direct your fight at the true adversary at the true opponent, which is the devil who came here to literally steal, kill and destroy from you. He's not your friend. He is your enemy and he is trying to take your, to rob you of your dreams, to rob you of your vision, to rob you of your future, to rob you of your health 
from your joy, of your happiness. That's what he is attempting to do. And so you want to take uh, verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You want to be praying against the trick of the enemy every day. You want to pray against the attack of the enemy Pray against the uh, any plans that he has. Now, you're not glorifying him. It could just be simply God, hold off the enemy on today. You're giving glory to God for allowing you to win against the enemy. You are not glorifying the enemy. You're using the tools that God has given you to defeat him because that is truly the entity that is attacking your family, your finances, your health, your self-esteem, your emotional wellness, uh, your finances or anything else. It's the enemy coming after you, trying to rob you of what God said you could have. So here's your homework. Here's your homework. Here's your homework. I want you to search the word of God and find the promises of God concerning the fight that you're in. So for example, if you're fighting for your health right now, I want you to spend some time this week searching the scriptures for promises about your health. If you're in a fight for your marriage, I want you to find scriptures about marriage. If you're in a fight for your children, I want you to find scriptures about your children. If you're in a fight for your self-esteem, I want you to find scriptures about identity and your identity in Christ. Um, If you're in a fight for your finances, I want you to find scriptures about finances and the biblical principles of finances. And if you're thinking, I'm not a mature believer, I don't know how to do that you're in the right place. You can call into any one of our study groups and one of our study group leaders will help you. You can come and visit us at our online campus or our in-person campus. And one of our counselors and ministers, elders will be so happy to help you go through that process. Um, So you're not in this alone. If you're connected with Faux Church and if you don't have a, a church home, you should be connected with us. What our pastor says to us all the time is that when you're a part of this church, you never have to fight a battle alone and we will help you fight and win. And when you find those scriptures, I want you to add them to your daily faith confession. And I want you to keep saying them until you see something change. Now, let me tell you this. It's not going to change tomorrow. Because you say a faith confession today is not going to change tomorrow. And because you give an offering today is not going to be fixed tomorrow. You have to be willing to endure. And if you don't know how to endure, listen to last week's episode. It talks all about endurance. You have to be willing to endure until the end, until you see something happen. So that's your number of your first homework assignment. Your second homework assignment is to identify your weaknesses because those are the areas of your life that the enemy will attack you. And be honest about your weaknesses. Don't try to pretend like, look, don't be singing, I'm every woman, it's all in me. And you know that that's not who you are. You know that you're sensitive. And if somebody gives you some uh, constructive criticism, you just want to break down and cry. You can't. If somebody says the potato salad is too salty, you want to pack up your little purse and Tupperware and go home. Look, that's if that's not who you are, don't pretend. Know your weaknesses. If you're easily offended, you need to write down, I am easily offended because guess what? That's how the enemy is going to attack you through offense. If you have a problem with being alone, you need to write down, I have a problem with being alone. That's a weakness because the enemy will attack you in that area and send any old toothless, jobless Joe Blow to tell you that God said that's your husband. Honey, that's not your husband. You know, you need to know that that is a weakness for you. If food is a weakness for you, you need to know that. So when your friends invite you to the buffet, you can say, I'll catch y'all the next time. You know, know your weaknesses because that is how the enemy will attack you. And if you have trusted friends and hear my words, if you have trusted friends, 
of like precious faith, be willing to cover each other in prayer. And the key word there is trusted friends. And by trusted, I mean that you didn't meet them two weeks ago, that you have had longevity with them and they have already proven that they can handle your secrets and handle the treasures of your life. So that means that you've known them for a while and they have had an opportunity to display their unyielding love and support and loyalty to you. That's what I mean by a trusted friend. If you don't have a trusted friend, talk to Jesus. If you have a trusted friend, talk to Jesus and then also ask your friend to talk to Jesus on your behalf and hold each other accountable. So you have two homework assignments. One is to search the scriptures for promises about your fight. And the other is to identify your weaknesses because you have to learn how to build up your weaknesses. If you think about a boxer, if he's weak on the left side, his coach works with him to get him strong on the left side. If he's weak on the right side, his coach works with him to get him strong on the right side. Because whatever your weakness is, you must know that your enemy knows about your weakness. And that's always where they're going to attack you. So I want to help you get strong in that area. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful week. If you're in the Bowie area, come and worship with us this Sunday. If you're not in the Bowie area, you can worship with us from anywhere on the globe because you can join us on our online campus. Um, you can call into any of our study groups, but all of this information is available on our website. So go to our website, www.flow-church.org. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing, uh, tweeting, Instagram, whatever you're doing to help us spread the gospel, because our goal is to reach thousands of women with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask that you help us do that. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. God bless you. And we'll talk again soon.